0: Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for December 12, 2022. We can expect another interest rate hike by the Federal Reserve coming up soon, and a majority of market analysts agree it won't be the last one in this series as the Fed focuses on reducing inflation. There are already some signs that the economy is beginning to slow because of these rate hikes. What we don't know is when the slowdown might turn into a recession how deep that recession might be, and when the Fed might eventually reverse policy. As investors, we would certainly like to know that. Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady joins us today to discuss where we can look to try to find answers to these questions. Bill, data examined in the latest Confluence Business Cycle report written by Thomas Wash suggests that financial stress is on the rise. How can we measure the level of stress that might open the door to a recession, the point where consumers might stop spending and unemployment takes a serious toll on the workforce?
1: Well, Phil, actually, there, there's a couple of different issues involved here. First, Thomas's analysis about the economy does try to figure out when consumers might retreat. But slowing economic growth is a typical recession response. What this week's report tries to get at is the likelihood of a financial crisis, similar to like the s and of crisis, the late 1980s, or the Great Financial Crisis. A financial crisis leads to the financial system to seize, and if monetary authorities don't intervene, you can get situations similar to the Great Depression.
0: The Chicago National Financial Conditions Index is sometimes used to measure financial stress. Does this index suggest that we're close to a dangerous level yet?
1: Not at all. In fact, we haven't even begun to reach levels that would suggest stress is even a problem.
0: If we're not in the danger zone yet, even with the number of rate hikes we've already seen, can we say that Fed rate hikes only have a limited effect and are not the sole cause of financial stress?
1: Well, as usual, Phil, you've, you've really nailed the real question. Let's take you back a little bit. In 1998, the financial system was changed irrevocably by the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act, which changed how the financial system worked. Before that act was passed, we had a bank-funded financial system. The Fed's policy rate mattered a great deal in that period. In fact, financial conditions were closely correlated to the level of Fed funds. But after the act was passed, we became a money market funded financial system. Banks became less important and Fed funds became practically irrelevant to financial conditions.
0: So can we say that Fed rate hikes are less powerful today than they were in the past?
1: In fact, they are almost completely uncorrelated to financial conditions. In the past, the Fed could use the level of Fed funds as a sort of force multiplier for policy. That is not the case at all now.
0: Well, approaching the question from a different direction. Whenever the Fed is done raising rates, would a Fed pivot to lowering rates be sufficient on its own to reduce financial stress?
1: Well, only if they moved early. If they wait until stress emerges, it seems that it takes very aggressive actions on the part of the Fed to restore stability. That's because most of the lending now occurs based on collateral, limiting the Fed's tools. Since Fed funds are limited to the banks and a few large financial institutions, the key rate to watch is LIBOR or its associated replacements. Fed fund rate cuts at times have little impact on LIBOR.
0: Well, clearly the timing of a recession is important for investors because a reversal of policy by the Fed would probably be well-received by the equity market. But predicting the timing accurately does seem extraordinarily difficult. You mentioned LIBOR. What exactly do you rely on to help predict when Fed tightening might be poised to end?
1: Well, we have found that the implied interest rate from the two-year deferred Eurodollar futures works well. Eurodollars track LIBOR, which is the funding cost for money market lending. The deferred rate offers us a clue as to what the market thinks funding costs will be in the future. When that rate inverts compared to the level of Fed funds, history suggests the Fed should stop raising rates.
0: And what does that indicator show?
1: Well, we have just seen those rates invert.
0: Bill, the latest Fed minutes indicate a 50 basis point increase in rates in December. Do the latest employment numbers change that forecast any?
1: Probably not. Keep in mind, 50 basis points is still a large rate hike.
0: So, should we assume that a 50 basis point increase would raise financial stress close to the breaking point for the economy at some time months in the future?
1: Unfortunately, yes. History shows that when the spread inverts below 40 basis points, stress can accelerate in a non-linear fashion. That usually occurs six to nine months after that level is hit.
0: Bill, while some data suggests a slowdown is underway right now, it might not feel like a slowdown to many because of strong employment numbers, including increases in wages also a hike in interest rates only has a limited effect on homeowners locked into 3% 30-year mortgages, and higher rates do benefit retirees with fixed income investments. Are these factors sufficient to tilt the scale toward a soft landing for the economy, or is the Fed likely to raise rates to the point where a financial accident is likely?
1: Well, it all depends on the path of inflation. We are seeing goods inflation start to roll over, which is good news. Unfortunately, we are not seeing the same in services inflation. The latest payroll report shows elevated wages, which affects the service sectors significantly. There is another element to this problem. Cutting rates before inflation is brought to a level deemed acceptable, currently around 2%, could trigger a bond crisis. The Fed is is in a really difficult spot.
0: Bill, I'm not reassured by your words that we will avoid a financial crisis. How has Confluence Investment Management adjusted investment recommendations to account for your current outlook on the economy?
1: Well, our positioning is quite defensive. We are underweight equities across all portfolios with sector weightings that favor a downturn. We were overweight sectors such as staples, healthcare, and energy. We've also shortened duration in our fixed income portfolios. That hasn't helped all that much recently. We thought Q4 would be favorable to stocks due to seasonal factors and election factors, but felt that rally was suspect. That's what we'll be watching going into the new year. For our listeners, as we head into year's end, we'll be publishing our geopolitical outlook for 2023 next week. A podcast will accompany it, but like this podcast, it will be delayed a week. And our overall 2023 outlook is in draft stage and should be out soon. We usually do a Confluence of Ideas podcast associated with that report, so listeners should watch out for that.
0: Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Be aware that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. And this information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.